What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life and whatever else comes up. We take a no-bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. 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 So welcome back to Rewriting Her Story, the podcast. This is yes. episode 11? 11. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Episode 11. Yes. Because we just recorded 9 and 10 last weekend. <sighs> episode 11. You know what's funny? I was listening to a podcast earlier, a true crime podcast. And you know how when you listen to podcasts that are sponsored, they're like, use code MFM, you know, for my favorite murder. I was like, hmm, what would our initials be? Like RHS. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh. We should probably know that because we're going to get sponsored by so many people. <laughs> we are. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait until it's gonna we're be sponsored great. by everybody. Preferably it's going to be great. Peanut Butter Company, please. Anybody, anybody, <laughs> Peanut Butter Company out there. We love peanut butter. <laughs> That's the whole reason I started an Instagram account, dude. I started an Instagram account because I was like, okay, here's the deal. And this was Mari in 2014, right? Like, like no workout experience, nothing. Like, I, I, like fun runs was the extent sure. of my, like, really working out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start an Instagram. I'm going to get sponsored by a peanut butter company, and I'll become, like, semi-famous. Not, like, thousands <laughs> of people, like, hundreds of thousands, but, like, maybe 5K. Bitch, it's 2021. Well, and also, you never realize how hard it truly is to get, like, a sponsorship from something like that. Like, that's a lot of motherfucking work it that is. I'm not honestly willing to do on Instagram. so much to write out captions yeah. and stuff. I'm like, uh, hashtag first world problem. It's like, I'm like, what am I going to say? What's witty? What's clever? And I'm like, you know what? Let me just go on stories. (laughs) I just prefer to talk at you than be like, hashtag fit, hashtag you know it, hashtag think about your life. The hashtag game is just, I mean, granted it's changed, but like people who use like, I don't know, a hundred fucking hashtags. No, thank you. I'm not going to read through those. And I am not that savvy where I like go and search hashtags to find like-minded people. I just... Maybe I'm just lazy, but I just don't do that. I don't do that. I actually didn't even know that was a thing until, like, yeah. I started following people with the hashtag bullet journal because, like, doing ah. a bullet journal. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, you can do that? Like, that's how not tech savvy I am. Same. It's embarrassing. Yep. I mean, it kind of is embarrassing. <laughs> but. About to be 34 coming in hot. I was going to say, I'm also, like, kind of fine with it. It's okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't need to know all the ins and outs of all the social media platforms. No, I, I really don't. I don't line. have time. For, yeah, I don't have time for that. No. Um, so today's episode was actually, I mean, we, granted, we've talked about doing this episode multiple times in the other episodes, but it was inspired by my girl, Katie, who was like, hey, can you do an episode on this? Because you guys always talk about it, and I want to learn more about it. I don't feel like I have enough information. And so shout out to Katie for that. Yes. But also, she is in her rotation for, I believe, and Katie, if I'm wrong, I'm so sorry. I believe she's going to be an APNP. She's already a nurse. And so she's on, like, her psych rotation. Sure. So she was like, you guys are so informative. I feel like I'm learning more than I'm learning. Like, not that she's learning in school, right. but, like, it's pairing well with what she's learning in school. Yes. So she's like... She was very appreciative of it, which let me just say, we've said this before and we'll say it again and we'll continue to say it forever. When you guys reach out to us and tell us like what you got from the episode or how funny you think we are or how helpful it is, like it makes our entire week. Like it's so 
it's just like a breath of fresh air and it's validating and it's awesome. And yes, we do it for us, but we definitely do it for you guys. And so when you guys give us feedback, it's very, very welcomed and we love it very, very much. I do. Is that the person whose Instagram, who posted us as a post on her Instagram? That is Kristen. She is another one of my friends. Like yes. I, I love, love, love. Like you said, we love when people, you know, are like, Hey, this resonated with me. I loved this. Uh, this was awesome. Like I go find you on Facebook oh, for sure. and, and Instagram. And I will like what you liked of ours. <laughs> and then I will tell you, Thank you. Because I think that that needs to be heard. Like small businesses and things like this don't thrive unless people Mm -hmm. are listening, want to hear you, pay attention, support you. So like, I want to support the people who are supporting me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, so girl, mm -mm, I'm happy about it. So cognitive errors, cognitive errors slash distortions, whatever word you want to use. It just depends on. So if we break this down, it just depends on which therapeutic modality you're using. So in DBT, they are cognitive errors and in CBT, they're cognitive distortions. They literally mean the same thing. So we might vacillate between words, but just know they are the same thing. So know that cognitive errors or distortions, um, I don't necessarily have a formal, um, what is that definition for it? However, I was going to say diagnosis and I was like, bitch, that is not the right word. I, it, diagnosis came up in my head and I was like, that's not it. And then I was like, definitely. And I was like, shut up. You don't make any sense. So I don't have a formal definition, but it is an error in which you are thinking and the way that you are processing a situation. So the whole process of a cognitive error or distortion is to recognize what's coming up for you. Like be mindful of the situation of like, okay, this is my automatic negative thought because that's how this starts. So the cognitive error distortion is like the overarching theme and how it starts is that there is a specific automatic negative thought that pops up. You fail a math test. I'm an idiot. Um, you fail a math test. I should have done better. Um, I mean, the, they're, like the possibilities are unfortunately endless because <laughs> there's you so- fail a math test and it's I'm not going to graduate high school yeah I'm failing like- and my parents hate me and I now will die in two years I will be nothing in life I won't have a career and I can't sustain and I'm homeless like what and again when we explain these things because we teach this in our master classes actually in our master our mindset master class level one we go over this in depth and how to challenge them but we talk about how when we teach this or when we talk about it, it sounds very dramatic, right? When you're like, oh my God, who actually thinks like that, bitch? I think like that often, often. (laughs) We all do. Now the intensity or the acuity of those thoughts differ from person to person, Mm -hmm. but we all experience cognitive errors every single fucking day, probably multiple times a day. Yes, absolutely. Multiple times a day. And even despite us being therapists, like nobody is excluded from this. You can work Mm -hmm. on these your whole life and they'll still come up. The importance is knowing that with you working on them means that you'll be able to spot them faster and challenge them. So this is just the way that we think, right? Like, so these thoughts automatically come up. The importance is challenging them because I can just hear people now being like, Mari, what's that? You know, why would I even start doing that if it's never going to end? Like, because <laughs> you're going to eventually be able to get a handle on it. And you'll notice that in these cognitive errors, there will be favorites, quote, favorites, unquote, that you use. Like mine, like some of mine are feelings are not facts. I... <laughs> 
Your girl's a Gemini, through and through. So I am emotional. <laughs> like, so when I feel my emotions or experience an emotion, I experience it to the fullest extent. I know that about me. When I'm happy, I am MFing happy. I am like talking in my a minute, excited, moving around, like just like, woo, like my, talking a mile a minute. I think half the time, which is why I talk so fast on these podcasts, because I just love doing them, because I get to talk with uh-huh. you. Same. But then it's like, but when I'm angry, I'm angry. <laughs> like, I am mm-hmm. upset. I wouldn't say unconsolable, because I don't want somebody to fix it for me. I want to be left alone. I want to process my feelings, and I want to get over it, right? Because it just takes me a little time to work through the emotion. Once I recognize, like, okay, we're being dramatic. This is the cognitive error. Let's challenge it. Okay, move on. So I know that that one is mine, that's one that I'm going to use over and over again. So there will be multiple different situations, but realistically, the automatic negative thought might be something that comes back over and over again, something that's repeated. So the the purpose, and please, if you listen to anything in this podcast, hear me when I say this. When you are learning about cognitive errors and distortions, you need to write them down and work through them. I cannot express that enough. Cognitive errors and distortions challenging them are the bread and butter of what I do with people of like my therapy practice. If somebody comes to me, and I know if my clients are listening to this, you know I'm coming for you. I'm like, did you write it down? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, what does Miss Marie say? And they're like, (laughs) I need to write it down. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Because then we work through it. We write it down together, work through it, and they're like, "Mm, I definitely see why I needed to write this down. Because you do. You're able to be like, oh, that was dramatic. Or, oh, like, I definitely (laughs) see this is where I went off the deep end with that thought. Or it's it's tangible. It's on paper in front of you. Seeing things in black and white just makes it more real. And when we're doing things in our head, our brain does a really good job of convincing us that what we are thinking is factual, right? Mm -hmm. And it generally speaking, is not. And so if we are trying to decipher whether or not the feeling that I'm having is valid, not that it's not valid. So, okay, let me rewind. Your feelings are always valid, but let's see if what you are feeling or thinking about is warranted, I guess, in terms of what's actually happening. Justified. Yes. So they're valid. You're allowed to feel what you feel, but we need to break this down to see if your feelings are justified, if they fit the facts of the situation, which is the beauty in cognitive errors. So Mm -hmm. there's a step-by-step process that we work through. Steph, what ones are we going to work through today? So we decided we're going to do like the top three most common ones that we experience ourselves or that we work with the most with people. So the first one is all or nothing thinking. Then we are going to do feelings are not facts and then catastrophizing. So we'll break each one down to explain to you what that means, what they look like, how we work through them. Um, But no, there are like probably 15 different cognitive errors that we can experience at any moment in time. And again, we teach this in our Mindset Masterclass Level 1, which is something that we offer pretty regularly. So hopefully that'll be on our schedule soon. Um, Mm -hmm. And yes, you can look them up, obviously, but it's looking them up and seeing a handout of them is not the same as somebody really walking you through them to figure out how can I identify this for myself. And I will say the ability to identify them is step number one, because then you can realize, 
okay, I'm catastrophizing right now. Like what's really coming up for me? Why is this happening? Because let me tell you, when I am hormonal, Oh, I have all the cognitive errors and I convince myself that they are all fucking real things that I'm occurring (laughs) and that all of these terrible scenarios I'm thinking about are actually going to happen. And like, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. It is what it is. I recognize it and I know it's what's happening. And that's the beautiful thing about Mari and I's relationship is that we can challenge each other on those things and we can be like, bro. No, like you have some errors. (laughs) You have some errors happening right now. Like, let's actually check excuse me, let's actually check the facts right now and see, is this reaction justified? Is it not? And then, you know, we work through it together. So which one do you want to start with, Mar? Let's start with all or nothing. And like, do you love like how I'm like, Steph, tell us what one that we're working on today. And you're like, Mar, what one do you want to start with? We're like, I feel like we're in a talk show. Really doing this. Somebody (laughs) give us a TV deal, please. For the love of God, let us help the masses. <laughs> okay. So, all or nothing thinking first. So, let's do this. Let's do this like we're role playing. Like let's do this okay. like a session. So, give me give me an automatic negative thought for all or nothing thinking. And like this is all okay. this if you want to use personal life experience, girl, go for it. But if you want to just hypothetically do it, I'm going to walk you through all the steps. Just know that that's coming. Okay. Um, I lost my temper with my son this morning, which means I'm a terrible mother. Oh, girl, absolutely. And if nobody can relate to that, I mean, good for you, but I feel like every fucking mom in America can relate. You can get off our podcast right now if you don't relate to that. (laughs) Like, if you don't have kids, I get it. Stay on the podcast. Sure. If if you're a mom and you're like, what the fuck? Like, get off. We're not doing that. (laughs) We're not, we are not the podcast for you. Because I'm going to say, I'm going to say fuck in a little bit, and you're probably not going to like that either, so just get off. Anyways, okay, so give me the situation. So first step is identify the situation. What was going on? So I was working out, and I'm already irritable, and he knocked over my tripod with that holds my phone that records myself when I'm working out, and I just fucking lost it, and I yelled at him, and then he went running to his room. Okay. So it was just you and him? Yep. Okay. What were the feelings that you experienced? This is step two. Talk about the feelings. I mean, this is going to sound like really extreme, but I was like so rageful because I had already told him 768 times to just sit still or like not come by me. And so I was very angry and I was frustrated and I felt this is going to sound also. Okay. I'm not going to judge my feelings. I'm going to stop saying that. I was just going to say, stop prefacing shit. Like it doesn't matter. I'm done. I'm done. Valid. I'm done. I felt unheard because he wasn't listening. Okay. So what I hear is that rageful, angry, frustrated, unheard. Can you think probably of a little bit else? of anxiety too? Sure. Because when I feel out, I mean, obviously the center piece of anxiety is feeling out of control. Sure, sure. Anything else? Not in that moment, but afterwards, yes. So like after I lost it on him, then I felt sad because I was like, he's fucking seven. Nope. We're operating in the cognitive error that that negative thought, automatic negative thought. I'm a terrible mother. Uh, but no that connects that connects to I'm a terrible mother because like oh he's seven I feel okay so so say that feeling again I felt sad because like he's seven he's just being seven yeah okay I want you to rate them for me zero to ten zero being each one yep I didn't feel anything ten being like to the extreme so rageful okay so rage I would say like an eight okay angry probably another eight okay frustrated same thing okay unheard like a 10. Okay. 
Anxiety. Mm, like a six. Okay. And then sadness. Probably like a ten. Okay. All right. So automatic negative thought from what we just discussed was I am a terrible mother. Do you still want to stick with that? Did anything else come up? No, that's like the gist of it. Okay. This is actually a good one to do because I'm going to be able to point out some other things too for people doing. Why am I doing this in pencil? I'm about to waste all my lead. <laughs> okay. So, and I, I'm saying that because I'm writing it down and I'm working through it on paper because as much as I sit here and preach to everybody to do this, write it down on paper, it helps me as a clinician to write it down on paper, to see it on paper because sure, I can come up with different challenges in my head, but realistically seeing it on paper gives me that much more freedom in my mind because I'm not holding space for all of these things that we're talking about right now. So mm-hmm. it's beneficial both ways to write it down. So Stephanie, we've got your cognitive error. I am a terrible mother, which is step three. So what is the automatic negative thought that you experienced? So now we move on to step four and five. Step four and five are simultaneous. We do them at the same time. We can vacillate between both of them. Otherwise, it is just step one, step two, step three. But if you notice that an emotion come up, you can absolutely go back to two. So step four, give me factual evidence that proves that you're a bad mother. I mean, there isn't any. Help the reader, readers, what the fuck? <laughs> Help the listeners So if I were understand to... why there isn't any factual information. So if I were to say, because I yelled at him and I lost my temper, like that's my perception, that's what makes me a bad mother, right? How does right? that factually prove that you're a bad mother? And that's what I'm saying. Yes. There is no fact to prove that I'm a bad mom. Right. Because people lose their temper all the time. That doesn't make them a bad parent. Correct. So we could look at it this way. This is the other point. Well, you know what? I'm going to revisit it when we're done challenging the whole thing. Remind me to come back to facts to just explore something. So mm-hmm. there are no facts that prove that you're a bad mother. Okay. Or Correct. A terrible mother. So step five is give me times, situations, and examples that prove your cognitive, your automatic negative thought. I'm a terrible mother isn't true 100% of the time. So I will always take responsibility for my actions and talk through things with him after I've lost my temper. Like I'll own my shit and be like, you know what? That was not okay for me to do. And I'm really sorry to model for him. Like, this is how we handle our emotions after the fact, because if you just sweep it under the rug, what's actually being resolved? Nothing. I, he has a roof over his head. He, I show him love literally 24 seven. He's taken care of every day. Um, that boy wants for nothing. That's a fact. Yes. And I think modeling for him, how you take responsibility of your actions is huge because I want him to understand that people make mistakes and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But when you own them and you verbalize, like I made a mistake, I'm really sorry. I'm working on it. And like actually saying I lost my temper because I was already feeling really upset and anxious. And that wasn't okay for me to do towards you. Like, what can we do better next time? Right. So asking him, you know, what would have been better from me or what could you have done better? I think that's a really big deal. And that's what I tell clients all the time too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So from what you've just said, this is what I've got. So you take responsibility, you model appropriate reactions after the fact of taking responsibility. (laughs) He has a home to live in. He is loved. He wants for absolutely nothing. We problem solve so that we don't repeat these behaviors. Obviously, we're human. Things happen. Um, Can you think of anything else? I don't think so. Okay. So now, after we have taken into account steps four and five, and we have all that information on paper, we now need to, step six, come up with an alternative thought 
because looking at both of those different sides, we can see that our cognitive error that we made this distortion in thinking of, I am a terrible mother, isn't true. So I always leave this open to my clients first. If they struggle, I then help them. You're a clinician, so I'll give you a moment. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, um, losing my temper or having emotions does not make me a bad mom. Mm. Hey, ice cubies. Hey, I tried to preface it at the beginning, <laughs> but you were talking. Because I was like, if you hear my ice cubes jingling, um, <laughs> mama had a hard week. So she's having a glass of wine. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> that little ASMR for you. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Hey, Ice Cubes. Can that be my nickname? Sure. Ice Cubes? <laughs> okay. Um, so say it again louder for the people in the back because that really resonated with me. Losing my temper and I don't know if I said yelling at him does not make me a bad mom. Absolutely. Or losing my temper and having emotions does not make me a bad mom. Yes. Yes, I'm just writing it down. Give me one second. Okay, so now that is step six. So that is what we are replacing. Step three, which is that I am a terrible mother. We're replacing that thought, right? So now mm -hmm. to finish it off, step seven is let's revisit step two where we talked about the different emotions you experienced. So when you think about your changed thought, losing my temper and having emotions doesn't make me a bad mom. Let's talk about rageful. You had it rated an eight. Does that decrease at all? Does it increase? What does that look like? I think any of the, I'm not going to call them negative emotions, but the more intense emotions, like the rage and the anger and the frustration completely dissipate because I'm allowing myself to have the emotions. It's just my reaction that I need to be aware of, like any other situation. Sure. Would you lump unheard into with the rageful, angry, frustrated? I think I would put that in with anxiety because for me, feeling unheard makes me feel out of control and then that makes me anxious. Yes. So what would you change those ratings to? Unheard was a 10. I think I would probably drop that down to like a 2. Only because I do have to repeat myself 7,468 times a day because he's 7. Yes, yes, absolutely. So like that's still a very valid feeling that I feel every day. But I also have to remind myself of he's 7. And that's how they learn, yes, by repetition. Absolutely. So Anxiety was at a 6. I would also, so I think I would lump anxiety, unheard, and sadness all together because they all kind of fueled each other. Yes. Okay. And I would probably rate them all at the same at about a two. Okay. Just because those are always there, right? And again, I'm not chasing perfection, which that's another topic we're going to talk about eventually, mm -hmm. but I do hold myself to a really high standard and it's interesting because I think a lot of it has to do with the terrible horror stories that I've heard throughout my 10 plus years of being a therapist that when it comes to trauma, when it comes to how you speak to your kids, like, uh, please hear me when I say my son is not traumatized. I'm just like talking about trauma in general. But when you think about how you talk to your kids, like that is going to become their internal dialogue. And so if you lose your temper a lot or you say things that you don't mean, me as a therapist, I am hyper vigilant of that being repetitive in his head. And that scares me. But I think by me owning it and talking through it with him, it does make a difference. If I were to just brush it under the rug and act like it never happened, he's not going to forget about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> so the other thing that I wanted to talk about, like now that we're done, so that's a completed 
reworked thought is her new thought is, you know, the losing my temper and having emotions doesn't equate to me being a bad mom. We revisited and changed the way that our emotions are surrounding this because if we change our thoughts, we change our emotions about the situation. However, when we're up here at step two, which is again, talking about the emotions that we experience, please know that the goal is never to get them to a resolution of zero. Never. There are normal feelings that will happen throughout the day that will be there. Anxiety will be there for people. The, the importance of challenging these thoughts is to reduce that emotional suffering. That's it. Well, and I think the other goal is to identify the actual feelings, yeah, correct? Absolutely. Because it's so easy to just say, well, I was pissed off. I was angry. Right. Sure. And that's fine. But like we've said before, anger is a surface emotion. There are a fuck ton of other feelings underneath. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get to those to figure out what's fueling those. Absolutely. <laughs> so now let's revisit. Let's go back up to facts. So say... Okay. Your home situation is different, okay? Say, okay? say you are somebody else, you are somebody different, and in 2015, you had him taken away. So CPS intervened, took him away because they deemed um, neglect was happening or abuse was happening. So sure. then you worked hard to get your kid back, and then your kid came back in 2018. Let's be clear, this did not actually happen. We are using it as an example. We're using it as an example, <laughs> but I definitely want to acknowledge... People out it's there. a very real thing. Absolutely. People, like, hear me when I say this. Just because something like that happened doesn't equate to you being a bad parent, you being a bad mm-hmm. person. We are all one situation away from having a disaster happen. And what that disaster yep. looks like is different for everybody. So when I said in the very, very beginning of this podcast that everybody has a seat at our table, I meant that. Whatever you are going through, whatever you have gone through, that is not for me to judge. I don't know your story. I don't yep. know what you went through. I don't know what you experienced. You could have been in an abusive relationship. You, you just could have been in over your head. That's not my job mm-hmm. to judge you. My yep. job is to help you. And, I, and if I help you restructure this thought, then hopefully we can continue on on a better path going forward with you and your children versus you shaming yourself for the rest of your life. For what? Mm-hmm. You sitting here shaming yourself doesn't get us anywhere. It just keeps you in that hole. So if we're looking at factually, you put down that a system judged that I was being a bad mother, which is why they removed my child. Okay, perfect. Let's put that down. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's challenge that factual part because if we're looking at that, some of these cognitive errors will have facts on there because some people have medical anxiety. So some people are like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to die. Okay, facts that prove that that's true. Well, you know, X, Y, Z happened to me. Okay. These facts are a starting point for us to take a look at areas in our life where we can improve. So Mm -hmm. if you're looking at this of like, okay, my kids were taken away for three years and I worked really hard to get them back. So first and foremost, you did what you needed to do in that situation. You got them back. So that's a win already. That's still going, that you getting them back is going on the time, situations, examples that prove your negative thought isn't true. You worked to get your kids back. You worked to prove that you were a good mother. You you put in that effort. Whatever mm-hmm. that looked like, whatever stipulations that the CPS, wherever you were, set for you, you worked through it. Right, whether that means getting sober, getting a job, getting a stable living situation, whatever it may be. Right, and they tack on all that, which I understand why they do, but like I know there was hurdles that you had to cross. So mm-hmm. if we're looking at that, 
we're coming, we're, we're saying like, that's an area that we can focus on that there may be improvement, but that doesn't automatically prove our negative thought because our goal isn't to find evidence supporting our negative thought. We have to breathe life into the negative thought before we challenge it because our brains <clears throat> do not accept automatic flips. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm such a terrible mother. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm great. Okay. If yep. that worked for everybody, we wouldn't have fucking jobs. Yep. <laughs> like, like how many people have been anxious <laughs> by a show of hands? How many people have been anxious? And someone was like, it's not that big of a deal. Just calm down. Mm-hmm. Were you like, oh well, my I was going to say, I feel great. Your brain is also not going to hear you say, well, don't think about the CPS case. Your brain's going to hear, think about the CPS case. And that's what you're going to focus on oh, instead will, of accepting it, it for what it is. Yes. It will play a highlight yes. reel of like, yeah, yep. remember when this happened? Remember yep. when you didn't do this? Remember when you didn't follow up with this? Absolutely. That's not what we're doing here. Right. Because each time you push that down to say, no, 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 but that's not me anymore. The more it's just going to be prevalent. And so by accepting it for what it is and say, you know what? I was having a hard time at that time, but I'm not in that place anymore. Absolutely. And this is the purpose of writing it down. This is the purpose. So we're not sitting here letting our mind run away because here's the thing. You come up with that. Well, what about the CPS case? Well, yeah, what about it? You did this and this happened and this happened. And your brain is just firing at an all time high. You are just go, go, go. When, if you're writing it down, you are being mindful and focusing on what you're putting pen to paper. Like, okay, what Mm -hmm. do I need to write down? Does that make sense? Yes. So that's the purpose of writing it down and also explaining that factual part. Like, yes, I would say seven times out of ten, there's not going to be facts there. However, if there are facts there, that doesn't equate to your negative thought being valid or true. Yes. It's not going to negate the facts that prove that you are not that negative thought. Yes. So, so if we were to explain all or nothing thinking, I mean, it sounds just like what it is, right? It's either you can, you can call it all or nothing thinking or black and white thinking, right? Mm -hmm. It's thinking in extremes. I'm either all good or I'm all bad. I'm either a straight A student or I'm a failing student. Mm -hmm. I'm either loved or I'm hated. It's the two ends of the spectrum and not having any wiggle room in the in-between. And the in-between is where we have to live. It's the gray area. It's the middle path. Whatever it is that you want to refer to it as, that's where we have to comfortably live. When you're living in extremes, you are either always chasing something else or always staying stuck behind. Like it's one or the other. You're walking... You're walking the middle path. That's what that is. Walking the middle path is balancing between acceptance and change. Think of the scales of justice. We are attempting to keep those scales even between accepting and changing. So we are accepting these facts that may be on paper. Yeah, I did get my kids taken away and I got them back. And so what are the other facts that prove that that negative thought isn't true 100% of the time? Time, situations, examples. Let's work through that. Mm -hmm. So we're balancing between those two. There is no one or the other. If you are stuck on the side of acceptance, you are stuck in depression. If you are stuck on the side of change, you are stuck in anxiety. When we meet in the middle, we find that happy medium. For the catastrophizing and feelings are not facts, do we just want to go over what they mean and what they look like? Sure. Or do you want to go full-fledged like what we just did? Because I feel like if we go full-fledged like we just did, this episode is going to be three and a half hours long. Girl, it sure will be. Because <laughs> we might get into some shit. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. Let's, let's talk through what they are. Because also, if they want to know more, I am going to plug 
our masterclass. Masterclass For level sure. one goes in depth about these and we give you homework and we ask you to come back with these cognitive errors and we sit here and just what I did with stuff, we do with you. And if you don't- I was just going to say, we ask people to volunteer and then we do it with the group and then that's how you get like a full-fledged effect of how this kind of stuff works. And it's so- empowering to see these women be like, yep, I'm going to do it. Let's do it and see what happens. And then afterwards they're like, holy shit, that was crazy. Like that was so cool how that happened. And if you don't feel comfortable doing it in front of the group, we do give support through Marco Polo, which is an app, which is like Snapchat where you take videos, but they stay. So then we give support through Marco Polo. So you come on, Mm -hmm. you give your, you know, you walk through your steps and then Steph and I give feedback. So you're not alone. If you don't want to do it in front of other people, we get that. We absolutely get Mm -hmm. that. Vulnerability will always be preached, loved, and accepted. However, we understand if people aren't there yet. So we still offer support. For sure. So catastrophizing. This one is classic. And it's not that I love to point out people that are doing it, but I kind of do, right? Where I kind of be like, bro. Okay. What are the odds of that actually happening? Like, what are the odds that an airplane's going to fall out of the fucking sky? Probably not, not much. Right. But it can be things. The thing with anxiety is that it will convince you of anything. Absolutely. It will convince you of things because sure, there are going to be things that you are going to worry about that are very real, right? As we get older, our parents get older. So the fear of our parents dying is a very real fucking thing. But if we are going to live our lives every day of like, my mom's going to fucking die tomorrow. Okay. Let's, let's pump the brakes for a second. Is she terminally ill? Like what, where is this coming from? Right. Where did that even come from? Don't get me wrong. Accidents happen. My dad was in a very bad car accident three years ago and it shook me to my core because I was like, oh my God, I could have lost him, but I didn't. And that's what I had to focus on was he's still here. He's not like, you know, in a full body cast or he's not in a coma. He's still here. Is it scary? Yes, but he's still here. So catastrophizing is literally thinking of the worst possible scenario that could ever happen. I was talking to a client yesterday and I was like, yeah, it's like, and we use this example in the masterclass of your boss says, Hey, I want to talk to you for a second. And you're like, fuck, I'm going to pack up my desk. This is it. This is the end. I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired. That's what's happening. Right. And <laughs> when you work in a high stress environment, sure. That's going to be the first thing that comes to your mind, but let's again, pump the brakes for a second and ask myself, did I even do anything wrong? Like, where, where is this coming from that I think I'm getting canned? Like, why? Why do <laughs> I think that? <laughs> I did because I was listening to a podcast. Listen, I was listening to a podcast. They had an audio of this dad talking about these two girls who were roommates, and the dad says she went and got a trash. She went and got a trash can for her, like meaning the girl was throwing up. And he, the guy thought she said, "Well, she went and got trash canned," meaning she went and got hammered. And I thought it was like the funniest thing yes. ever. I, all I can think about is the TikTok audio where it's like of cats, um, like making, so they call it making biscuits, but it's like they're nesting. So they're like pawing at something to lay down. And and so someone's like making bread and it's like, no, I'm going to lose my job. I'm I'm (laughs) panicking. And it's like these videos of cats and then panning to someone making bread. Somebody it's fancy every time I'm in tears, every time. That's amazing. Such what are things that bar. you've catastrophized, though, in all honesty? Oh, where do you want to start? <laughs> like, bitch, remember last summer? 
summer I thought I had ovarian cancer. <laughs> I mean, yes, like, yes. Yeah, like, but that's the thing. That's a it's a real concern. Girl, I was like, you what know, is like going on with my body because there was okay. So starting um, April to God, all the way through to when did I do Whole Thirty? October, all the way April to October, I gained. 15 to 20 ish pounds and I was so bloated like sorry if you don't want to talk about this right now just end the podcast (laughs) but like if you don't like leave right now um but I was like it just experiencing so much discomfort and I was like what is going on I am working out every day I am taking care of my body I don't understand what's going on like I thought I wasn't getting enough fiber I thought like I had ovarian cancer or cysts like I went to my doctors like I got checks I took my birth control out because I was like it's gotta be that like so Mm -hmm. many things happened so I did whole 30 and definitely (laughs) felt better after it but then after that I did the winter challenge for the, I talked about it before. It was like this, this, um, fitness challenge, eight weeks. And I realized I was not getting enough protein, like at all, like at all, like bare minimum. Like right now, I think my protein is set to 120 grams. I was lucky if I was getting like 40, like it was Mm -hmm. not. So I'm sitting here working my body to the bone, not losing any weight because I wasn't fueling my body because if, if people don't know, I am gluten-free because I have celiac disease and I'm vegetarian because I'm a nutball. <laughs> Not realistically, like save the animals and the turtles. Love you all. But so I was like, there's limited things I can eat, right? So it was such a real fear for me. And I remember, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I remember in July at like when COVID was kind of a thing. And I remember getting so anxious coming back from a friend's trip that we went on. We went camping and I remember laying awake because we my dad lives in the Wisconsin Dell area and we stopped there on the way home and we stayed one day I remember laying awake that Sunday night and just being like oh my god I have COVID <laughs> what like just convincing myself like like I this is the shortness of breath they're talking about like no bitch you have anxiety that's what that is like that's a somatic symptom of anxiety of racing heart like heart palpitations like that's what's wrong with you so I mean yes. I could go on I could go on Stephanie about what I have and that's the thing like like you said earlier, none of us are immune no. to cognitive errors. We are fucking therapists and we experience this all the time. And are we always good at challenging them? Not no. always. No, I can't tell you how many times I reach out to stuff like, uh, am I being irrational or do you think I have ovarian cancer? And somebody was like, oh, I'm not a doctor, um, but I could guarantee you I don't have it. And I was like, oh my God, what if I have it? Like, what if this? And like, I can't tell you how many times in the beginning of Jeff and I dating when he's just not a texter. So we would go like a week without texting. I was like, I'm not going to date anymore. What do you think? Oh my God. Like, well, like, and you were like, you need to breathe. Like, so many and times. that's the thing like, errors happen because of patterns of past behavior from yes, ourselves or other people yes. from our perception of the world like there's so many reasons why they happen they happen for a reason they don't just happen because our brain wants them to they right. happen because our brain is trying to protect us from something when in reality when the errors come up it's actually just causing more problems mm-hmm. but we don't know that until we can figure this stuff out and i think you going back to um feeling like something was true, I was going to say that leads into the feelings are not facts cognitive error, which is when you can truly, 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 truly internalize that your feelings are not facts, 
the game changes. Is that easy to understand and to do? No, No. it takes a lot of motherfucking practice, just like anything else. But I promise you, like feelings are not facts and radical acceptance have been two things that have changed the game for me. But it's Mm -hmm. also taken me years to truly like internalize them and use them as skills. And it's it's not to tell you that it's impossible or that it's going to be terrible or hard work or whatever. But again, anything that has to do with your mindset and your mental health is going to be hard work, but it's the hard work that's worth it. Agree 1000%. I would say that doing the radical acceptance and also challenging being more mindful because I am a pretty yep. impulsive person. So being more mindful and being able to recognize when these cognitive errors are coming up was a game changer, a game changer mm-hmm. of being like, wow, you are so negative or you are this or you are that. And hear me when I say this, those weren't judgments. Those weren't like those, that labeling cognitive error. That was factual of sitting here mm-hmm. and being like, well, feeling like I was in this victim mentality for what you're Mm -hmm. keeping yourself there. You can move past this. You're choosing not to. And that's Mm -hmm. where those facts come in handy of like, you're choosing to stay here. Like that's a factual Mm -hmm. thing. So being in a relationship where you're sitting here being disrespected, that's a choice. I'm sitting here choosing that. And that's a factual thing. That's not meant to sit there and shame you. I was just going to say, we're not trying to shame anybody. We're not shaming you. We need to pay attention to what is factually happening and Mm -hmm. ask ourselves, why am I in this relationship? Why am I staying? What is the, what is the purpose or the goal? Is this serving me? Is it effective? No. I feel like feelings are not facts is also such a judgment based thing. I was, cause when you were talking about like shaming people, I was thinking about when I was pregnant and If you have ever been pregnant or are a mother or have been around somebody who's pregnant, you know that mom shaming is a fucking thing and it still happens all Mm -hmm. the time. I can remember being told that I, not explicitly that I wasn't a good mom because I wasn't having a home birth, but it was very evident that this person that was talking to me did not agree with the fact that I was going to the hospital to have a baby or that because I didn't want to breastfeed that that was going to be hurtful to my child or you name it, Mm -hmm. people said it because they just feel like their opinion should be told and that you need to hear it and whatever. And that's fine. Everybody has their own opinion, but you're not going to come at me and convince me that I'm not going to be a good mom because I don't want to nurse my baby or because I don't want to be at home having a baby. More power to those people, but I had to have an emergency C-section. So I could have died had I tried to stay home to have a baby, right? right? Like it just is what it is, but it comes from a place of judgment, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Whether we're doing it internally and judging ourselves for something, or if it's coming from an external source. Mm -hmm. And that's where working with a therapist would be helpful because Mm -hmm. you learn a sort of communication as well. Well, I feel bad. Feelings are not facts. Just because you feel some type of way about a situation doesn't make it factual. That person is giving you their opinion and you didn't ask for it. So we politely say, I didn't ask for your opinion. Thank you. And we're going to shut that down real quick. Mari, how could you? How could I what? How could you sit here and give me your opinion about what I'm doing with my body and my baby? Back up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I will respectfully And it goes hand say, in hand with boundaries. Yes. I'll respectfully right? say, I didn't ask for your opinion. Thank mm-hmm. you. This conversation yep. is over. Yep. Keep it And here's the thing. People are going to judge you no matter what mm-hmm. the fuck you do. You do you. You focus on you. You have your boundaries because your boundaries are for you and not for anybody else. And you do the internal work to make yourself a better person. You're not doing it to make anybody else happy. The second you're trying to make changes for somebody else is the second that shit's not going to stick and you're going to resent that person. Absolutely. You make the changes for you. Absolutely. You 
have to be ready and willing to do the work. And here's the thing. If you're not, that's okay. That's okay. There is no judgment if you are not ready. No judgment. A lot of people, if we look at the states of change, are in that pre-contemplative state. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Stand on the sidelines and watch others and pick up tips, tricks, what you see, what worked for other people. Be observant. I was going to say observatory, and I was like, wait, what? Be be observant. (laughs) We just make up words sometimes. It's fine. Literally. (laughs) So be observant. See what might work for you, and then get some skin in the game. Get in there. Mm -hmm. Try it out. And if you fail... That's okay because you're failing forward. You're trying. Yes, I'm not listening you are to trying. people on the sidelines. I'm not saying that's where you can't be. You absolutely can be. But I'm listening to people in the game with me. I'm listening yep. to people who are like, I don't know if this is working, but I'm going to try. Hey, I applaud you for trying. I applaud you for trying. Thank you for showing up. And like we've said a bajillion times before, the most common thing that we hear when we try to teach this skill is, yeah, but it's so hard. You know what? It is. Yes. But you know what else is hard? Continuing to remain miserable and beating yourself up in your own head for the rest of your motherfucking life. Mm-hmm. I was just about to be like, bitch, I'm glad you threw the MF out there. So I was about yeah, to be like, you like, know what's hard? Staying the fucking same. That's what's yep. hard. You came to therapy for a reason. You came to yep. this podcast for a reason. So I don't want to sit here and hear about how it's hard. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Join us. Yep. Get in the game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is hard. I will Mm -hmm. never invalidate that aspect. It is hard. Vulnerability and showing up is difficult. If anybody, like Brene Brown says, if anybody tells you vulnerability is easy, they're lying. They're not in it. Yes. They're not in it. Yep. It's superficial. Yes. So understand that. Give yourself grace and validate that feeling. Do not let it stop you. Mm Mm-hmm. And don't fucking tell yourself you can't. You know how many times I told myself over the years, I can never get there. I can never do this. Guess what? That's all my brain heard. And guess what? I'm not there anymore. And you now know I'm like, is? bitch. Feelings are not facts. I feel that's like I a fact. can't. I can't. Says who? Give me yep. factual evidence that proves that you can't. Factual. Yep. Yep. It all comes down to choices, mm-hmm. like we always say. It does. I wish you just saw. I wish there was a video to this. If the people would have saw my angry potato face, get in there because like I don't have my light on, so I look really pale right now, no makeup. So I was like, bah, 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 tell me, <laughs> I look like a little upset baked potato. <laughs> and shout out to you guys who voted on my Instagram story about wanting us to talk longer. Yes. We just love you guys for that. I mean, I would sit on here and talk for three hours if I could, but I feel like we'll talk all day. Like you ain't gonna tell me. Like I will. You want me to talk to Steph all day? Done. <laughs> Two-hour episodes coming up. <laughs> coming at you. <ya. laughs> I'm just kidding. I think this was a really good episode, though. It and was. again, to plug our mindset masterclasses, like if it's something that you're interested in and you want to know more, definitely check out our Instagram pages because I know for me on my personal page, I have a highlight of our masterclass stuff, whether it's feedback from people, things that we've posted about it, like explanations of what it is. I definitely have that on there. Um, I am at spooky fit mom 13. You can also email us here at rewriting her story podcast at gmail.com. If you have questions about like when is the next masterclass? You know, when can it be offered? I've also been working like behind the scenes to offer it as like a course that you can purchase and like do at your own pace, right? So 
yes, it's not the live aspect of Mari and I like interacting with you, but if that's not something that you think is feasible or can't make the time for, or don't want to make the time for, um, having it as a course to do at your own pace is going to be an option in the future. So there's that. Um, what else? I think that was summed up beautifully. Awesome. I'll put that on the show notes too, as per usual. Um, but yeah, I think this was a really good episode and it was a little longer than our usual episodes, but I think that's good because we really break stuff down step-by-step for things that we've been talking about for, you know, the previous 10 episodes because cognitive errors come up all the time. And so for us to be able to like fully explain what they look like and excuse me, why they happen, I think will make a big difference for people. And, you know, if you're able, when you're listening to this, like if you're not driving your car, but you're just like sitting, listening to it, you know, take notes, write shit down, Mm -hmm. go back to it, revisit it, listen to it 87 times. If you have to, (laughs) whatever works for you to be able to retain the information. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. All right. You were going to say absolutely, weren't you? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We love all of you. Know that. We really do. Just virtual hugs to all of you to everybody for sure for sure all right well that wraps it up for this one we will talk to you guys soon bye Bye.